Thank you for tuning in and listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about Masterwork Cores, argued that I agree infusion should be costly, but the other economic pain points should have been looked at while infusion's a bit of a contradiction to have it tied to something that's also tied to mastery. I'm worried about changing things to the uncommon cores and the increase in accessibility, hurting the longevity and making mastery and investing in pinnacle and favored gear uh, easier than originally intended. And I think that's going to have a detrimental effect in the long term. The scales are going to tip over time to the point that we might even see masterwork cores be brought back in the game and uncommon cores left in place for just infusion, like separating the economy. So if you're here right now, you can submit questions using the question command and then type your, you know, your question after you use the question command all in one sentence. You don't separate them uh, like question exclamation point question space. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. Uh, and with this talk, you don't have to just ask questions about masterwork cores. It can be about destiny in general first question from the bat cow what could be done to make masterworking armor more useful um you got to be careful because i think armor is already pretty influential right now uh if you're watching this on youtube and you pay close attention special ammo and heavy ammo is not a problem for me at all and i don't think the heavy ammo dropping has much to do with heavyweight being on because I was playing a strike earlier uh, and I was also just running around like a public space and green ammo uh, when I was in the Tangled Shore for example I was just running around the Tangled Shore green ammo and power ammo were dropping very prevalent for me the reason for this is that I have two special ammo finders and two heavy ammo finders running right now and the real key and the real linchpin here is I do not have a primary ammo finder on primary ammo finder kind of breaks the other ammo finders in my opinion Uh, if you're ever running any year one exotics that have the painful uh, requirement of primary ammo finder not even being uncheckable you'll notice a bit of a drought in your green and your purple drops so I only cite this and the reason I say all this is that you have very influential perks already in the game attached to armor Ammo drops is huge. There's also the ability to put mods on armor. If you run mods like some of the mods I have, for example, let's just go through and look at a couple. The Transcendent Blessing just gives increased damage while in the Dreaming City. That's wonderful in the raid. Taken Armaments. uh, Defeating a taken enemy with a grenade has a chance to give heavy ammo reserves. Great in the raid. More Transcendent, Riven's Curse. And then Invigoration. I'm sorry, no, Recovery Mod. I get increased recovery. You can have mods that increase your super generation, your ability, your melee, your grenade, you know, increase damage, etc. So, if you stack on top of that even more benefits, I think you can get into what I commonly refer to it as the theater of the absurd. It gets sort of silly uh, with respect to how much the armor could do. If you masterwork it up and it like basically I want you to think about it like this masterworking armor is again a capstone because masterworking gives you resistance. So if you have an entire armor set that gives resistance to to void or gives resistance to 
solar, right? That's going to come in huge when you go to do high score nightfalls and you run Singe. You run Singe on solar or you run Singe on arc and you're resisting that. That's a huge benefit to you in that content. Now, that's kind of a narrow benefit, right? But when you go into any content that doesn't have Singe on, you're already you're already then also resisting uh, those elements. Now, someone might look at that and say, well, I just want different versions of the elements, like all five pieces to have like one of the three covered and then masterwork it all the way up to 10. Somebody else might say, I want a full armor set for every single element. That's a really long grind. It's really going to really take a while. And then beyond that, you've got the mods that you put in. Uh, and then you've got the roles that you go for. You know, maybe you want hand cannon reload, or maybe you want target acquisition for different, uh, for different, you know, guns that you're carrying. Maybe you really like hand cannons in the crucible and you want some of those helmets that give you the, basically it's like hidden hand on your, uh, like hidden hand on your gun but it's not on your gun, it's on your armor. I mean, so you can basically get perks to add to your guns on your armor. Increase reload, increase target acquisition, increase ammo finding, increase uh, ammo capacity. There's a lot of things on armor that are going to touch down on basically everything in the game, from your class ability, to your grenade, to your melee, to your super. And I do think if you added any more influence, it would start to become kind of ridiculous is your armor can already be pretty dadgum awesome. So, good question, but I think masterworking armor is in a good place. DMAT Gaming, do you think Call of Duty 4 adding Battle Royale will affect Destiny after what uh, I believe is a safe, uh, a life-saving expansion? I agree with you that it was a life-saving expansion. It was definitely needed, not just for Destiny 2. I believe Forsaken was needed for the franchise. I There was, there was a as some people call it a come to Jesus moment where I think Bungie got together and said, we either fix this game or our franchise is going to sink. And Forsaken was necessary. So while I agree with that part of your question, I don't think Call of Duty Battle Royale poses any significant threat to Destiny as they're very, very different games. I think Call of Duty's Battle Royale poses a far bigger threat to PUBG given the similarities between the two and the smoothness and the optimization that it seems Call of Duty has been able to hit, I believe is going to heavily influence uh, PUBG's retention of users just given what we know about PUBG's optimization struggles uh, over the years and it's stale at this point. The the new kid on the block always has the new car smell appeal. Um, we have like two metaphors there kind of converging on each other. The new kid on the block having the new car smell. But like the new car smell of Call of Duty is already an advantage over the fact that Call of Duty is a huge and established franchise. I think it poses more of a threat to PUBG than Destiny. Royal Duck 1, do you think we should get bounties that award Masterwork cores? That's basically coming uh, through Spider. His bounties are going to grant Masterwork cores, but they're going to be called, I believe it's Uncommon cores. I think I was calling them Common cores initially, and that was incorrect. Uh, So I believe they're going to be called Uncommon cores, and that's going to be a new method of grind for you. 
I think right now people are kind of ignoring the spider bounties anyway. I actually love the spider bounties. I love going to the Tangled Shore and doing all the spider bounties. They're fast, great source of glimmer, and it's just a fun way to crank through Ikora's stuff. So. Or King Ruler, do you think Master Records from Spider and Scrapper Bounties are enough? I mean, that's a pretty regular source of grind anyway, as I just said. So, yes. Uh, again, I think the initial design of Master Records is for mastery, infrequent eco- economic ex- you know, presence for mastery, and I believe that's going to get slightly tipped and corrupted by increasing accessibility. So. Mad Dirty. My wife ordered me a new light. I'm so sick of this freaking light turning itself off. Uh, Mad Dirty with the next question. I don't think there is a problem with the Mazarek cores. Uh, anyone that started with Forsaken should have a hard time. Anyone that's been here since D2 should have a way easier time. I have a whole vault filled with Masterwork guns and armor. Thoughts? I mean, Masterwork core as a pain point for infusion still hasn't landed on me. Uh, you've not really made an argument. People that started with Forsaken should have a hard time. Why? Why? What's the point? What are you gaining by telling a, a newer player to the game you should have a really freaking hard time doing basic leveling like leveling is basic I I can't stress that enough when you go play Borderlands Diablo uh, World of Warcraft I don't care what type of RPG you play right I don't care what type of RPG you play leveling is just is basic it's ground level it's assumed right it's assumed making leveling overly painful for new players I think is an unnecessary stiff arm and one of the points I made was let's take what you're saying if you're a newer player and you've gotten some cool gear and you don't have the ability to infuse that cool gear you have to run whatever's most powerful right it's supposed to be a choice it's supposed to be like this intentional thing not just a new gear infused that's what people say right well, then you're making that person in a looter shooter in their limited playtime. They play for a couple hours a night. They got to run like a sidearm and a grenade launcher and not use their cool gear. They have to get to the point where they get to even... I'm not even talking about getting into endgame content. I'm not even talking about grinding for god rolls. I'm not even talking about running raids, nightfalls, etc. They literally just can't even use the gear that they want. I think that's incredibly unwelcoming. And I mean this nicely but I think that's stupid why tell people welcome to destiny a loot based game where you have to earn the right just to use fun gear I'm not talking about pinnacle gear or god rolled gear with mods and masterwork and everything else right that comes later that's mastery you're making it difficult for them to just like use the gear that they want I really like this auto rifle or I really think this hand cannon's cool or oh man this helmet's awesome well you know good luck using it It, it's you know master working is is attached to infusion in a way that as this person says if you're newer to the game you know welcome to the party pal it's painful for you 
And again, the people arguing that infusion should be really, really difficult are not the ones experiencing the pain point. They're arguing for a pain point for other people. I don't experience the pain point of infusion having Masterworker cores attached to it at all, and neither does a single one of the hardcore players or streamers that's arguing for it. They're not touched by the pain point. They're basically asserting and arguing that everybody else should experience that pain point, not them. Which I just find strange, and I don't understand why you care. I would think you would want the franchise to grow and blossom, and part of that is having good accessibility pathways and good experiences for the new player. In and in Eugene saying, "I don't experience the pain point, but I uh, I appropriately manage the economy." Right, but again, you're a veteran player. New players don't really understand what your what your approach is. Like they're, they're not even at that. They're not even operating at that level. We're talking about using gear and leveling. These are meat and potatoes, day-to-day, pretty consistently rhythmic activities. We're not talking about mastery, god rolls, or endgame content. We're talking about day-to-day interaction with an RPG. That's it. And the loudest voices saying that it should be painful don't feel the pain, which... I, I, I'm always going to come back to that. It's like, you don't even experience the pain point that you're arguing for, so your your bias is just like banging on all cylinders. No. Uh, Sheepdog14, Bungie previously stated that they will be changing the Masterwork economy. Have they released more details? If so, can you elaborate? Just more pathways of getting them and renaming them is basically what they said. Uh, we don't know how much it's going to tip, but again, my contention in the discussion was that it's going to tip the scales and make mastery easier than originally intended because eventually you don't need to infuse, which means eventually the accessibility of masterwork cores becomes more frequent than originally designed, which means you're able to masterwork stuff more readily available. So, uh... Papa Yammer says, wondering your thoughts on this. I feel like infusing up your gear should cost just shards, glimmer, or specific area items without needing to use masterwork cores. Masterwork cores should only be used to actually masterwork your favorite gear. I hate feeling like I need to acquire cores when trying to equip gear I want to use in the game. Do you agree? Thanks. I don't know if you submitted this question really early in my talk, but it's basically just a regurgitation of my talk. Um, I said basically everything contained in this in this question so it's not really a question you're just stating what you think and asking me if i agree and this is my this is not my entire talk but this is basically like a cliff notes version of a piece of my talk so yes this is everything i've kind of said for the last 20 minutes uh sheepdog 14 hang on a second sorry i scrolled past it forsaken was an excellent dlc but i remember my final playthrough at the end of the campaign uh, with a blue auto rifle that was absolutely terrible, but it was my highest light, and I didn't have enough master cores to infuse it. That left a really bad taste in my mouth, and I'm happy they're addressing the issue. Right, like when I played through the campaign, do you know what I did? I kept infusing the bow and my god roll crooked fang that I got to drop pretty early uh, in my campaign experience, and that made my campaign experience really, really fun. Why? Because I was empowered to use the gear that I wanted. Now, again, you're not always going to have God Roll gear. My God Roll gear is a matter of luck, but 
it was gear that I liked. My preference wasn't being squelched. My my preference wasn't being squelched, you know? Um, I was able to kind of play the way that I wanted. I mean, because somebody in chat's already kind of getting at one of the problems. This is one of the things I've really, I've really struck out at and really spoken against. You shouldn't be infusing until 600 with some exceptions like your favorite power weapons, Whispers, ETC. That is literally your opinion, and that is at odds with the base level expectation for leveling. Basically telling people they shouldn't make take actions to level until they get to max level is the most convoluted and illogical thing I've ever heard. You're basically saying you should make no effort to level until you're max level. What? The frick? Huh? That doesn't make any sense. That's 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 a that's a sentence that contradicts itself. You're chopping off the branch you're standing on. It doesn't make any sense. Infusion isn't leveling? Oh yes it is. Yes, it is. Telling people to use garbage loot instead of infusion is, again, that's your subjective opinion. That's your way of playing. And that's what I said in the clip that got twisted and, and my words got taken out of context and caused drama. You Micromanaging the player base and telling the player base how to play is obnoxious. Oh, don't infuse stuff. Just use garbage until you get stuck until you get to 600 what uh, don't don't do what i want to do until i get really really high power level no like like i said before get out of my face you don't get to tell me how to play that's obnoxious you, like you're saying that your way of playing or your thought about playing is how everybody should play and i just I, again Making infusion costly does not mean you make infusion like function in to the tune of your banjo. If that's how you like to play, great. But I don't know. I, I just I I think that's l- listen. This is why this is why the argumentation for versatility and viability of diverse weapons has been around in PvP for a while. Why? Because telling people to play the meta is obnoxious and it's a freaking punt. Oh, well, instead of making other guns viable and other guns strong, just play the meta. That's not a solution. That's a punt. You're not fixing the problem of weapon diversity and weapon viability. You're punting and telling everybody to play the way that you play. Instead of saying like, this is a pain point. This is too painful. It's landing on the community at large in a in a an overpronounced and an overrealized way. Instead of saying we should have a solution, you're saying no. Play the way that I play. Don't infuse until you get really really high power level. Don't infuse until it's really 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 easy or necessary or until you have the right amount of equipment or whatever. It's the same. It's the same idea as telling people to play the meta instead of saying. No, don't play the meta. Ask for other weapons to be made viable. Ask for diversity. Well, I'm asking for diversity of options for play experience so that people feel empowered to play the way they want to play and use the gear they want to use and not have an over-realized pain point. Again, Masterwork cores don't have to exist to make infusion costly and a decision of investment. You don't have to require Masterwork cores. My main argument is that you're tying two things together that don't that, that should not be linked. They should not be linked together. So, farm this week. God roll now can't use it because of leveling under leveled have no cores. You're correct. Yeah, I mean that. You should. I don't know if you're farming. 
farming for masterwork cores, I'm sorry, farming for god rolls while you're still leveling does seem a little strange. I would be doing your milestones. I would be doing your milestones. But again, that's that's me telling you how to play, right? I'm not trying to tell you how to play. I'm just saying that's what I would do. So. Alpha Bull says, why are exotics so hard to get now? Exotics are hard to get now because of something that's wrong in the drop rate propensity. Uh, exotics have a very, very strong propensity to drop as year one. I've probably gotten 10 year one exotics and two, three. I've gotten three of the new exotics. I got the helmet for the Titan, the chest piece for the uh, Warlock, and then the Thousand Voices. Um, so, and then I've gotten like 10 year ones. That's going to be addressed on the 30th of October. That drop rate's going to be addressed. Light Leap, do you think with the Not Forgotten we will have another Redrix Claymore situation? Unique gun, few people will get it. Uh, probably. But I think Bungie would respond to any complaints about that by saying that they gave you a litany of things to grind for in um, in Crucible, and there's a spectrum there. There's the there's the broadsword, the Lunas Howl, and then the Not Forgotten. Well, that leaves you a handful of things to really, really chase and go for that at the end, if you have like one out of three, two out of three, or three out of three, I think that is an appropriate, uh, probably spectrum and, and distribution is, is what I would say. So, you don't, everybody doesn't need to get everything. I think the problem was with the Claymore there was literally almost nobody that got it and it was one gun. With the broadsword, Lunas Hal, and Not Forgotten, I think you'll have see percentages go down as you go beyond. Like, a decent amount of people are going to get the broadsword, and then a decent, oh, but less people will get Lunas Hal, and then even less people will end up getting the Not Forgotten. So, you can still get the Not Forgotten past this season as long as the quest is active. Your rank is going to reset, though. Yeah, so there you go. So I think that's going to be a, a decent and more persistent reward to chase. Um, uh, Wagster94 uh, with the new loadouts. Are you used to it? What I mean is, for me, I'm still in the D1 mindset. So I feel weird with a sniper in my primary slot. And they are in special. I'm still used to the D1 style uh, shotgun special rockets heavy thoughts I really really wish okay I really really wish this could be energy if I equip this age old bond auto rifle and then I equip a shotgun up here I really really wish I could swap them so one is still energy right the auto rifle still has the element and the shotgun is kinetic but my button pressing wouldn't change I, I really, really think that's a needed quality of life change. I really think it is. I don't think it's a hill to die on, but I would love to see that change. I would love to see that change. Just because... And, and some of this has to relate to another talk I need to do about trench barrel on the Ikelos shotgun. It's really, really hard to, mo- to, to, to motivate myself to ever run an energy weapon that isn't the Escalation Protocol shotgun because it's just so persistently strong and useful and, I don't know, 
80%, maybe even 90% of PvE content, the Ikalos shotgun is just, it's God. It's so worth having. Gambit, Strikes, Nightfalls, portions of the portions of the raid are basically easily dealt with when you have Ikalos shotgun on. The first two encounters with the, with the witch, Ikalos shotgun is enormously helpful there. People are using the Ikalos shotgun on Morgath, the big ogre. You know, if you don't have Whisper of the Worm, that's great. It's a great build there. Ikalosh Shotgun's huge in the vault in the raid, just because everything's really close. And using it with Tractor Cannon on those knights kills them very, very fast, very efficiently. This is a problem with Trench Barrel as a perk, and I've argued and said that I really, really hope we see Trench Barrel become available on other shotgun rolls, or maybe have Pinnacle Shotguns show up in the raid, the raid layer, uh, the Black Armory annual pass uh, piece of content in December, just so we can start to unseat the Escalation Protocol shotgun and have more diverse loadouts. And when they do that, I would love to see a quality of life improvement come, so that if I want to run a kinetic shotgun and an energy auto rifle, I can swap my button presses in the uh, in the UI, so that the guns themselves aren't necessarily changing, but I'm just pressing a little button to swap their location, just so whenever I go to switch, my muscle memory doesn't betray me so much. There's nothing more frustrating than like like shooting through your limited shotgun shells because you're you think you're going to be taking auto rifle shots and you're just you're not used to the button pressing of uh you know the last couple I don't know how many years 3 or 4 years the franchise has been out <laughs> you know so Trench Barrel needs to come to the game uh, or if not trench barrel, I even argued on the slower fire rate shotguns, it'd be cool to add desperado barrel or something like that, where a punch gives you the trench barrel effect and increases the fire rate of the shotgun. Maybe not the same percentage of trench barrel because you'd be using it on a weapon that does more damage than the Ikalos, but you could get the melee. It gives you rapid fire on the gun and a damage bonus. Um, that could potentially unseat trench barrel and then the quality of life update allowing you to put weapons where you want them could make for some very very fun uh loadouts i think uh, crippled ant do you think the masterwork core system would be better if it was just for masterworking weapons and gear and they were not used for infusion yeah i mean this is essentially what i argued for in my talk separating the two and I did my best to make a case for the thematic and intention and purpose behind masterworking and the thematic sort of theme and 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 push for you know infusion I believe they are very very separate things and I think tying them together is just going to lead to a contradiction in function uh, accessibility and ease which is in my opinion problematic that, that you know that's that's not something we want to see you don't want to see master mastery be be easy um, and that's just a concern that I have with with making them more accessible because you have to make them more accessible because you have two things that are tied to each other that are not the same you have something infusion day-to-day more rhythmic presence in the game that requires the cores to show up more often that means that you have to have them more accessible and then when you do that you're contradicting how masterwork cores function 
or the mastery of an item, piece of armor or a gun, and you're saying, well, now master working that gun and that armor is easier because of the accessibility of the cores themselves. So that, that tying them together is a huge mistake in my opinion. Zodiac FPS. What do you think of the post on Reddit about the stacking of heavy ammo finder and the degradation of drops when you have two or more stacks? I don't know if I believe it because I have a heavy, special, special, heavy. I have two of each and I was in the Tangled Shore, a strike, and in this Nightfall and power and green ammo is for me everywhere. Literally everywhere. I never am really, really running out. Um, Now, obviously in the strikes and in this Nightfall, the heavyweight is helping with the drop. Uh, It's helping with the drop. But when I was in the Tangled Shore, I was having a similar experience with both green and purple ammo. Uh, And I think that is something that is related to the armor. Now, I will say this. I said this earlier. I think that the primary ammo finder breaks the other ammo finders because it's a percentage and primary ammo already drops the most and whenever you crank that percentage even just a little bit it hurts the other percentages kind of like whenever uh, I don't know if it still does this but in D1 whenever you put on like small arms it intrinsically and sort of passively limited how strong your other weapons were and I think something very similar happens with primary ammo finder. I think it limits how good the other perks work. I don't know how definitive the Reddit post is, but I know for a fact that this Titan, because he's not running primary ammo finder, he gets great ammo drops very consistently, far more consistently. I noticed it in the raid yesterday as well when I played with the Titan. I was like, wow, I'm more regularly getting my ammo back than my other classes. My hunter has primary ammo finder, whether I'm wearing, I think, I think whether I'm wearing rigs, Ophidia Spathe, um, or Raiden Flux. I think they all have primary ammo finder. One of them might have special. But whenever I was running Ophidia Spathe with primary ammo finder, I can tell that my hunter's not getting good drops uh, for ammo. Like, I can tell, though. Do you think, uh, from Spizzle Prime, do you think Infusion is in a good place right now? I think Infusion would be in a better place if the pain point was more built for the community at large and not uh, the hardcore players. Now, I know Forsaken is supposed to be a love letter to the hardcore players, so I don't want to undercut that. But it's a love letter, love letter to the hardcore players in the areas that matter far more than Infusion. It was like when people got all upset about one-to-one infusion in the April update, right? And I remember I said, you should care more about loot, and we don't care about loot. Why? Because the King's Fall raid had garbage loot for the most part. Unnecessary loot. Guns that could be outclassed by just guns you could buy. Okay? It's a similar thing right now. It's like we're putting we're putting way too much emphasis in prizing infusion way too much when the real crux and the real meat of what they did to this game to make it better is they made random rolls, bet the the raid, uh, diversity of the loadouts, the power fantasy, all those things that they added to create that sense of empowerment of the player. That's all stuff to me that's the love letter to the hardcore player. Namely, random rolls, strike-specific loot, 
uh, random rolls in the raid. I mean, random rolls everywhere basically is the primary sort of love letter to the hardcore player and just the abundance of endgame content to do, bounties, etc. I don't think Infusion... I just don't get why Infusion being slow is appealing to a hardcore player. Knowing what we know about potential roles and... I don't know. Everything else. So... Shackadelli, do we know what the drop rate is of upcoming cores? If not, isn't it premature to say the increased drop rate will severely affect player experience with regards to infusion and make infusion too easy? I never said it would make infusion too easy. Um, so you're misquoting me uh, pretty severely here. You're also putting words in my mouth. I didn't say it would severely affect the player experience. I said by the sheer nature of making it more accessible, eventually you are going to hit a point where you don't need them for infusion, which means the increase in accessibility will make uh, master working and the mastery of items easier. That's that's just mathematically true. If they're more accessible, eventually you don't need them for infusion, and their increase in accessibility makes them more accessible than originally designed for the mastery of items which makes mastery of items easier. And I believe that's not good for the long-term sort of love letter to the hardcore player. Ooh, we got a Warden's Law. Outlaw, please. Ugh. We got Rampage, Rangefinder, and Drop Mag. That's arguably better than the one I have. That's better because of because uh, of the Rangefinder, but I didn't get Outlaw. I really want one with Outlaw. That's my second uh, Warden's Law. So, yeah. Uh, Brimstone, do you think Bungie will ever do anything about making full fire teams against random teams? Um, It's really difficult to handle that situation in a way that's not an overreaction. Um, You can, like, I I just, I feel like you can lead, uh, oh, and it has stability. The RPM of the Warden's Law is 110. You can really overcorrect with matchmaking with respect to groups and non-group. If you only match uh, parties to parties, that can make matchmaking take forever. Uh, That can make matchmaking take forever. Uh, You can also make it to where you don't have the ability to... uh, sort of what do you do with solo players if they basically if they can only uh, if they can only play solo players um you end up with you end up with I think elongated matchmaking times people have said well put all the solo queue players in their own playlist you need solo queue players there's doubles there's triples there's people out there that need their team filled um so you need solos you need single you know single player people in matchmaking now should there be more of a propensity to saying like okay you're a full team we're going to try and find you a full team well sure and doing that i think is totally acceptable and fine but you don't want to do it to the point that it hurts the experience of the player right well it's hurting my experience to have to play against a partied up team Sure, but it, 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 sitting in orbit for a long period of time because you're on a team 
feels a little bit like punishment. It's like, well, you're playing as a team, so we're going to make sure your matchmaking is arbitrarily elongated because we don't want people to have to play against teams, you know? It's, I think it's always going to be a difficult situation that doesn't have a perfect solution, but I do think it's something that can be... Oh, and you can overreact. People can overreact to this problem. And putting putting solo players into their own playlist is a mistake and only matching teams against teams again is a mistake that leads to unnecessarily long matchmaking times and I think that whenever you look at the, the core of matchmaking making that a priority makes sense on paper but in execution can cause a lot of frustration uh, Affliction82, how do you feel about the change of the ability to reroll the armor archetypes versus having elemental resistance now? Rerolling the armor type is nice. Uh, I, I, it'd be cool if glass needles came to exotic armor and then you could have, I don't know, legendary fragments come for legendaries. So you could say, okay, if you farm for these you can re-roll that crappy mobility chess piece and turn it into a survivalist chess piece because it's cool and you earned it from endgame content and mobility armor sucks. Um, I mean, that I don't think there's any... I don't think... I don't ever want to let people reforge weapons. I think reforging weapons hurts the loot incentivization. It hurts longevity. It hurts grind. Like, if I could just use stacks of resources right now to reforge my my warden's law to get outlaw I don't think that's very exciting I think getting it as a drop is always far better but I think there's a big big difference between re-rolling a weapon for a god roll and re-rolling the armor that you really like because it looks cool off of mobility um so re-rolling re-rolling the the armor type and then re-rolling uh, the perks on exotics with glass needles. I mean, there's nothing worse than getting a really good exotic to drop, and then it literally has perks that are just like if it has primary ammo finder again, you're you're potentially making me use a perk that hurts my experience. Oh, it's an exotic, you know, that's a trade-off, dude. Exotic drop rates are already so low, like I can't imagine having to wait for a non-primary ammo finder, you know, pair of Orpheus rigs. Like, so. In my baseball tee next Friday. Oh, thank you. Anybody who's ordering merch, I, I don't know how many pieces of apparel we've sold today, but if we sell 20 in a month, we unlock new merch options for the store for you guys. So, it'd be pretty cool if we can do that in the month of October. I think we sold like five or six things already, so we're already well on our way. This is the only day I've really pushed it, and so we're already taking a chunk out of it. Uh, Hmong, with the increase in core drop rate, will this cut the end game, shorten the grind? I started the DLC with 350 cores, now at 600. I'm still sitting at 240-ish cores. Uh, on an average play night, three to five hours, I get about three to six cores, which seems fine at the end game. Just chasing God rolls now. Well, right, like you're you're not using them for infusion, and you're already feeling like, man, I I have a pretty good amount of these, um, and that. That's kind of what I was just getting at uh, in my talk was that you're you're going to hit that tipping point once you're done infusion. Once you're done infusing, 
and you've already kind of hit that tipping point and they haven't even increased the the accessibility of them so Lung Burrito what's your personal favorite weapon, weapon archetype and why pulse rifles are so strong right now and I love hand cannons that have outlaw uh this this gun certainly is cool the warden's law you know because it shoots two bullets and it's just it's just got a cool look to it and a cool feel but i think hand cannons with outlaw will always be just a really really strong archetype and combo of perks that i love pulse rifles with outlaw uh, are always going to kind of land on me in a way that I really enjoy. I have a Chattering Bone with Outlaw that I love. Um, Outlaw has always been my favorite perk. I loved running the King's Fall Raid with the Angel's Advocate with Outlaw because the Angel's Advocate as a scout already had like a stupidly fast reload. And when you added Outlaw to it, it was blindingly fast. It was really, really fun. And if you put on uh, Scout Reloader Gauntlets, it's really, really cool. Uh, Hmong says, Lono, I noticed you've been grinding Nightfall for a specific gun. Do you think Bungie should update the, cur- uh, the curated gun rolls every season? Um, I think they could do that. I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Um, I think you could say I don't love you. that, you know, hey, every, every season that curated 10 masterwork roll is going to rotate to something else. I think that might actually be really, really neat. Um, but the 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 nature the, na- the the nature of grinding for strike specific loot is usually at least in my case there's a role that you want personally the curated role for this gun I don't actually particularly think is that good uh, force times a charm I think ricochet rounds and something else I really think this gun will shine with rampage and outlaw or kill clip and outlaw so. Next question comes from Menacing Mommy. If there are going to be uncommon cores, are masterwork cores going back uh, to being only used for masterwork? No, as far as I understood the blog post, they're renaming masterwork cores uncommon cores so that they make sense, right? They're called masterwork cores and they're required for infusion. So they're changing the name purely so that like they're sensical because right now it's slightly nonsensical to say use masterwork cores for infusion and masterworking so like they just seem they seem to be kind of confused it would be like remember the siva fragments where you could re-roll uh, wrath of the machine armor it would have been like using siva fragments on I don't know, something other than something SIVA related, it would have been confusing. It would have been like, wait, what why is why is this a thing? Um and it would have been it would have been thematically confusing. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to go for is like this is a this is a an uncommon drop that's needed for a variety of things, both in fusion uh, and masterworking. Uh, T-Funk, I have like 5 or 10 Masterwork cores, and I really like the tough infusion to level my old stuff. You think the tough infusion helps people break 
out of the molds of using the new stuff. Um, I mean, it certainly probably motivated people to experiment more because they were like, well, this gun is it's decent and I'm going to try it or this bow or this whatever instead of just being like infuse 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 yeah here's my sleeper shotgun build um and then that's all they use right I mean we've already kind of talked about why they need to address trench barrel and the escalation protocol shotgun I mean that just needs addressed because that gun just is really really difficult to unseat and it could be unseated if they made some adjustments to uh, both the the perk potential of shotguns as well as just what? As well as just new uh, shotguns in general that had other potentials. So, Juicy Triple, what are the advantages of a fire team with masterwork gear over PvP and PvE? I mean masterworked armor for a team going into a strike or a nightfall if the nightfall is you set it to solar singe and you have solar resistant armor on like everybody does that's going to make that a, a, a far easier nightfall for you because you're uh, you're going to be put in a position where singe doesn't hurt you as bad and then you're able to get the benefit of Singe without feeling the, the detriment of Singe as, as, uh, as, as much. PvP, not really anything. Other than, like, if you've got masterwork guns and you get the extra range, reload, and stability, it makes the gun slightly better. Mr. Rod Farva, uh, if they just attach the new cores to the scrapper bounties, wouldn't that be a good way to influence people to actually do those bounties? They're quite useless at the moment and are dropped from dismantling anyway. Uh, so that seems like a decent source. Oh, he's talking about the scrapper bounties, those blue ones that you get that look like this. Uh, the When you, you get them for like dismantling stuff. I think that would at least make some sense of like... That would at least make some sense of where they come from, right? I need to do... Um, I need to do the uh, this guy here, the finest master weave. Yeah, I mean, I could see that because, you know, you're breaking down gear and then you get the bounty and then you go do the bounty and then you get a masterwork. Or, you know, at least that would be... At least that would be, like, thematically sensible. It's like, it's the same theme of you're breaking stuff down, you're going and doing this thing, and you're getting something to then invest, you know, into your gear. It's not as easy as just going and buying a bunch of bounties from Spider. No. Spizzle Prime with the next question. Should we take out the Masterwork cores and make them infusion 300 legendary shards instead? 300 legendary shards? I don't know why you would I don't know why you would require more legendary shards to that degree. Requiring a few more legendary shards is one thing, but 300 is I it 300 just feels like an overreach. It feels like an overreach. So, I wouldn't I would not say that that is that is an appropriate response. I think you want people to feel like maybe you meant to put 30. You want people to feel like they have to have certain economic like uh funnels 
you're doing these you're doing these bounties you're doing these missions you're doing these activities and it's feeding you glimmer it's feeding you legendary shards it's feeding you planetary materials and then that that sort of rhythmic experience in the game empowers you to do the things you want to do that's fairly normal that's fairly normal that's garden variety like rpg but requiring too much of any of those you know economic pain points turns it into a point of frustration instead of a point of interaction right frustrating the player is fine i think there's appropriate times to frustrate the player not getting the role you want not getting the gear you want that means you come back that frustration only exists because there's strong desire frustration typically comes from strong desire right i really really want a thousand voices i really 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 want a warden's law with outlaw on it right so when you look at those frustration levels those frustration levels are tied to really really strong desire when you have frustration levels that are not tied to strong desire but tied to frustrated energy and effort like i would just like to level up sorry you can't you don't have the things needed well if you want to level up you can that's fine just use this garbage loot that you don't want to the the lower the desire the lower the frustration that should be felt they should be in harmony with each other and i don't feel like they're in harmony with each other I want to use this hand cannon. That's not a super strong desire. That's not like that's not like grinding for a god roll. That's not like grinding for the thousand voices, right? That's a pretty mediocre desire. I would like to use this hand cannon that I found the other day. It's pretty nice. And having that frustrated and being told like, "No, can't use it. No, you know, you got to you, you got to grind for these things that are hard to get to and fuse it." And after you do that, you're going to kind of feel like you were kind of taken through the ringer. Like it's almost like an over distraction uh, of content sort of split, like what you're doing with your time. Um, I, I think that is a, that's where the imbalance lies. Cause when someone runs the raid every week and can't get the thousand voices, that frustration level is on point with the desire, super, super strong desire, pinnacle gear really really rare exotic narrow opportunity one place to get it right so the desire is super super high which means frustration is then appropriately then high as well a lower desire of i would just really like to use this hand cannon i found it the other day it's fun it's got outlaw that low desire being met with a higher level of frustration of basically a finger wag no 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 or play this way you don't want to infuse until you get really high level this is supposed to be an intentional choice and an action not just something you do haphazardly well that finger wag I think is just an unnecessary frustration Snoopy Drift uh, I know it's too early to say but let's pretend here Destiny 3 was coming out do you think they should make it where you can manually fly your ship to planets and have shipper space battles because right now ships have no use ships are a cosmetic expression of the player sort of like having different sparrows are um 
I think Sparrow Racing League and Ship Battles are chintzy gimmicks that do not drive player engagement. I believe what drives player engagement in Destiny is content and loot grind. That's what drives player engagement. And I don't think... I don't think that Ship Battles and I don't think that Sparrow Racing League fit the identity and fit the player motivation spectrum that exists in Destiny. So you'd end up, in my opinion, spending unnecessary development time and energy into something that would get minimal interaction and arguably probably just frustrate people because they'd probably try to funnel us into it and require us to do ship battles and other things, and I think it would just irritate people. So... I think that if you go back and you watch my Gambit review, I think my Gambit review really, really highlights what where you want to see things land, which is evolution and iteration on the identity and the best parts of Destiny. Ship Battles and Sparrow Racing League are not that. If you enjoyed Sparrow Racing League, I'm not trying to insult anybody or hurt anybody's feelings. I just think it was a really, really gimmicky thing that doesn't garner the attention uh, that the, the the attention doesn't warrant its existence is is how I would phrase it. It just it the community rallied around it and used it to raise money for St. Jude and stuff and that's friggin awesome but that's the community that's not the content doing that. The content doesn't really stand on its own in my opinion. Um, it doesn't justify its existence. Random rolls justifies its existence. Raids and strikes and public events and content and loot pursuits, they justify their existence because they get engagement from the community that is a persistent and a long-lasting thing. And those th- these other things just don't do that. Uh, do you think transmog should come to D2? No, I was a proponent of transmog until I actually thought about it. Like, I used to defend it. I liked it in Diablo. Uh, I think the problem with transmog is that guns have identity tied to their origin, tied to their lore, tied to their look, and that identity gets stripped away if I farm for a Warden's Law and then I make it look like a Midnight Coup. I I don't like to say something is stupid. So I'm not saying transmog is stupid as an idea. I used to think it was cool and used to fight for it. And I understand why people like the idea of transmog. But taking a Warden's Law and making it look like a Midnight Coup, I think that, not transmog, not your idea, but I think making a a Warden's Law look like a Midnight Coup, I think that is stupid. I think the result is stupid. It's like, I have all this raid armor, right? And I'm going to make this raid armor look like armor from, um, freaking IO or the EDZ. That doesn't ma- that just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, right? This is, okay, I've talked about this before. When people were upset about the Ikelos shotgun, the Ikelos shotgun not being, not being void any longer. And I told people, I said, this is an instance where restricting player freedom will lead to player freedom freedom 
And I still think you need to empower more player decision making. As I've already talked about, trench barrel and the Ikalos shotgun, even as a solar weapon, poses a problem to optimum loadouts and diversity of loadouts, right? So, restricting our freedom with that change on the on the Ikalos shotgun promoted freedom. Because if you could have run Tractor Cannon and the Ikalos Shotgun in conjunction with each other, which would have been absurd, since the the change to the change to the the Tractor Cannon happened before the Ikalos Shotgun was moved up to the energy slot, right? So that kind of came behind and became a problem, and so they changed it. And I said, listen, this promotes player freedom, and here's why. You are not going to be able to go into content and make that content basically irrelevant with respect to damage by being able to go tractor cannon, and then and then you have a void escalation protocol shotgun. Just like when they changed the the touch of malice, so it didn't undercut the future content, the future raid. Thank you for ten months in a row, arcade high. Welcome back. So that's where too much player freedom. People would have been like. Well, my gosh, if you run Tractor Cannon Escalation Protocol Shotgun because it's void, it undercuts every DPS check in the game for the most part, right? Well, then Bungie would have had to legislate to that and be like, well, we need to make everything really, really stupid, strong, hard. And then that narrows player freedom. While this content's so freaking ridiculously hard, we basically have to run Tractor Cannon and Escalation Protocol Shotgun, right? That's a limitation on player freedom. Now, think about what transmog does. If you let people just transmog and do whatever they want, that increase in player freedom leads to, I think, a problem with respect to the identity of the game. That's like, that's too much freedom. Too much freedom can lead to, like, outlier problems that you can't see right now, but you're like, oh man, look at this player freedom. I can make any gun look like this gun, or I can make any armor look like this armor over here, and it it undercuts the identity and the lore and like the oh man this item came from this place and it looks this certain way you're you're chopping off you're chopping off high cow round zen moment and dynamic sway reduction on a submachine gun holy freaking moses uh, if smgs ever really take over in the crucible that thing will be that thing will be dumb that thing might actually be worth keeping uh so, I push back on transmog now, and I didn't used to, but the reason I push back on transmog now is because, again, I think you're increasing player freedom. I'm going to go to the Tangled Shore. I have to get rid of Glimmer. You're increasing player freedom to the point of absurdity to where you're undercutting and uprooting part of the identity of Destiny, which is items and guns look like their origin and have their lore tied to that appearance. And that's really cool. So. Bam the God says, is Bungie doing something about the Masterwork cores or something? Yes, they're going to change them, turn them into uncommon cores, and make them more accessible. (laughs) JP Feisty, do you think they should get rid of the RNG around how many cores you get back from dismantling a Masterwork weapon? Um, it would be nice if it was a standard drop rate, especially considering Masterwork cores from items is completely and utterly random. So. Shimoruku uh, Roku says, I'm not sure how this would work for armor, but changing the system where if you want to infuse a shotgun into a shotgun that does not cost cores, 
but a hand cannon into a shotgun would. Thoughts? I mean, that's certainly a step in the right direction in saying, well, if you go like for like, shoddy into shoddy, sniper into sniper, hand cannon, hand cannon, limit how much it costs. I mean, right now, if you go exotic into legendary, uh, or if you do the same item into the same item, it's just like glimmer. They could, they could do that. I don't know if that's going to fix the problem, though. Um, I don't know if that's going to actually fix the problem. The problem to me is that it's a dissonant and illogical system to have one common economic piece that's tied to both day-to-day leveling item usage. Like, I just want to use this item. That's tied to a currency that is used for mastery. I feel like that is where the true problem lies. The problem to me isn't connected to, oh, well, like for like infusion shouldn't cost cores. That would help, but I mean, armor, like you said, then that, like, what are you doing with armor then? You're always doing gauntlets into gauntlets and chests into chests, so. Uh, BD Bandito. Why can't you use lower level guns? Light level only matters in endgame stuff. Keep the higher level stuff around to pull drops up. You have to look at the common player and look at their experience, which is their experience is they're trying to go through and do maybe Tangled Shore, or maybe they're trying to do the next level of strikes with their buds, and they lower their level pretty significantly because gear starts to get left behind. Armor pieces and guns start to get left behind. I mean, I don't know if you remember leveling through this that well. I think sometimes we get on the other end of leveling and we can oversimplify the process because it's not close to us anymore. But usually what was happening, for me at least, I mean, it, it it was pretty quick. It was pretty quick. And I had armor pieces and guns getting left behind pretty fast if I wasn't infusing. Unlike my second and third character, where I was like, all right, I'm going to try and maybe use a, a, like less infusion materials. I'm going to be a little bit more selective. I, guns and armor got left behind pretty quick. And when you're trying to do nightfall strikes or you're trying to move around the Dreaming City, not being able to have the guns equipped that you want to be the highest power level that you want. And again, it's all about perception, right? It's all about the perception. Let's say you're right. Let's say you're right, and a large portion of the player's experience is not diminished or harmed by the fact that they're using a gun that's 10 power levels lower than the new gun, the new sidearm that dropped. And they don't want to use the sidearm. They'd rather just infuse it into their hand cannon that they like, but they can't. Okay. Again, I'm going to go back to my statement about low desire, having high frustration is dissonant, right? High desire, high value item, 1,000 voices, right? That getting its point of frustration and a low drop rate is sensible. It's in harmony, right? It's, it makes sense. Low level of desire, I would like to infuse this sidearm into this hand cannon so my hand cannons as high a power level as possible. That's pretty low. That's pretty low desire, pretty low impact. So I'm kind of going to use your argument back against you here. It's low impact. It doesn't do that much. Infusing that hand cannon up is not super influential and not super determinative 
over the player's experience, so why frustrate that? Why stop them from doing it? Because infusion should be costly. That's an assertion, not an argument. Why should it be costly? You're not, like, think about the argument so many people have made today. Think about this for a second. You've just made the argument that it's not even that impactful over their experience, right? So why frustrate it? Other people have said, it's not even really leveling. You're leveling just by using the gear. Okay, so again I say, why frustrate it? If infusing the gun up to its higher power level is so non-impactful, it doesn't really impact their experience, it's not really necessary for leveling, it's low on the Richter scale, why frustrate the player's desire? Why not let the player play how they want? Why slow it down? What's the net gain? Uh, the net gain is that they don't get to run the gear that they want, uh, and it takes long. It takes longer for them to get to that point. Longevity, but that's not longevity. Nobody's like, man, I'm gonna play a whole lot longer because I had to wait a long time to use the hand cannon that I like. That doesn't create longevity. Do you know what creates longevity? Random rolls, mastery, mods, investment into the best in pinnacle gear, chasing pinnacle gear. That's where longevity in Destiny has always come from. Longevity doesn't come from somebody being told, nope, can't use that weapon. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. Why? What's the point? They're gonna get, they're, they're like, think about it like this. Think about it like this. They're gonna hit the same leveling stride, okay? Let's imagine somebody plays two hours a night, ten that that and ten hours a week. Ten hours a week is is how much they play, okay? And their drop rate of powerful engrams is set, right? It's a set drop rate. They can only do so many milestones in a day, and RNG is gonna determine, you know, how fast they can level up. And that is gonna be determinative of how fast they level up. Okay, so they start on Monday and they get to Friday and they move up uh, 10 levels. They go from 530 to 540. Okay, not allowing them to easily infuse the gear that they would like to infuse hasn't created any sense of longevity. They still hit the same level. They still leveled up at the same pace. All you've done is deny them volition and autonomy over their experience. That's all you've done. You've denied them choice. You've denied them freedom. And for what? Oh, longevity. They're going to play longer. Because now they're going to have to go grind for masterwork cores just to do something as chintzy as infuse the gun that they like. That's not longevity. That's almost a false extension of playtime. It's like, I don't know. It's like giving somebody a piece of gear and being like, you can't use this until next week on Thursday. Why? Well, because that's gonna increase longevity. What? No, it's not. I'm gonna play either way. You're just making it, you're just extending the time period between I can use the gear that I want. What? Like, somebody's gonna be able to use the gear that they want and just put the game down? Well, I played a whole day with this hand cannon that I like. I guess I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. I'm not gonna play anymore. Well, there goes longevity. I got to use the gun that I liked. Come on. That's just, that just isn't where longevity and destiny comes from. It just isn't. For some people, I don't think, I just, who is this person? 
Well, because while I was leveling and playing through the campaign and earning my way into the end game, I got to infuse and use the guns I enjoyed, and that's going to make me not want to play more in the end game. I, I don't think that's a player. I don't think that person that that, that per, I don't think that person exists. I don't think that player exists that's like, well, I'm de-incentivized from playing. You know what de-incentivizes people from playing? Having their efforts frustrated to the point of absurdity. You know? that That's why, like, people who just couldn't get, like, uh, something to drop from Escalation Protocol, right? They were getting frustrated to the point of absurdity. It's like, well, none of my friends want to run Escalation Protocol anymore. And I, I would still like to still get the shotgun and I can't get the shotgun because my friends don't want to play and it's, you know, it's hard. The, the, fr- the, the efforts of the player were frustrated, right? There was no matchmaking. If people weren't in the area, you couldn't run it, etc. Well, when the efforts of the player was frustrating, what do you think happened? De-engagement, right? De-engagement doesn't come from satisfaction. Oh man, I got to do this. I got to use this. I'm done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop playing. I had fun. Therefore, I'm going to stop playing. Like, it's just... Ow! I got chopped in half by the door. It's just... I just feel like the argument breaks down very quickly when you actually think about, like, what people are claiming. I don't think these players exist that are empowered to make volitional, autonomous choices. I want to play this way. I want to use this gun. Uh, and because I got to do that, the longevity of my experience is shortchanged, and I will now therefore play less. I don't think that player exists. I think we're creating a phantom. Um, and I think that phantom is a form of special pleading as a fallacy. You're creating something so specific and so hyperbolic as to make your point that it's almost like it stretches. It just doesn't stand to reason that that person exists. T-Funk. Do you think the Luna's How perk should be attainable through PvE activities? Uh, do you think it makes the good PvEers better than the average? In most PvP games, everyone's able to get the same weapons, but Destiny holds best guns for the best players uh, or the players with the most time. Um, I think in general, there's always going to be a problem with Destiny having PvP in it, and here's why. It's a loot pursuit game, so you have players that have a split mentality. Okay, when you go and play Fortnite or Call of Duty, you don't play that game as a loot motivated player. You go in, you can get the same guns as anybody else if luck's on your side, or uh, uh, or you go play Call of Duty, right? As long as you put enough time, you unlock all the different guns and classes, you can use the same gun as anybody else, and therefore it's a level playing field. You don't have this like other side of your brain that's like, I'm going to grind for loot. Destiny's unique in that regard. You have players that both enjoy loot pursuit, chasing loot, chasing pinnacle gear, pinnacle loot, and they love slaying out. They just love going in and just throwing down, right? Well, that's a unique player base which poses its own unique challenges where you, if you don't reward the hardcore player, the good player, the player that puts their time in and their dues in. I mean, look at PvE, for example. The Thousand Voices uh, and uh, uh, the Chattering Bone, uh, really cool curated loadouts on the Nation of Beasts. You know, These are really, really strong pinnacle PvE guns that you can't get unless you go run the raid a bunch and increase your chances of getting it. Well, that's logical, right? Best players, best efforts, 
most time put in, you get the best stuff. That's how a loot pursuit game works, right? So the loot pursuit sentimentality lands on PvP and it creates the potential and the risk for the rich get richer. If you put in a ton of time, you're probably a decent player. Like, people grinding for the broadsword of the Luna's Howl are probably pretty good by the time they get it because they've played a lot. You're not going to play a lot and net gain, like, less skill. You're usually going to net gain more skill. So by the time you get it, you're probably an above average to, to a highly skilled player and you just got a piece of gear that is going to make you stronger and more efficient in the crucible and that arguably is giving you know Arnold Schwarzenegger the best gun in the room and then everybody else you know a squirt gun it's like when you go paintballing and Johnny Pro Paintballer shows up with his high speed high velocity paintball gun he's experienced at paintball he knows how to use angles and flanks and he's just good at aiming because he paintballs every weekend and he has a better gun right oh, it's frustrating I don't want to play against this guy I came here to have fun I gotta use this little dink 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 rental you know eh, that would be frustrating right that would be frustrating so I think that just is always gonna be a potential problem for Bungie's balance is that you dangle the carrot for the PvP player and look you either make you either make the carrot completely an insult to somebody's intelligence it's basically garbage or not worth it which means nobody goes after it or if you make it worthwhile and people go after it the people that go after it tend to be the more committed the more hardcore the more skilled and then you're putting the stronger weapon and the more hardcore the more dedicated the more skilled so the rich get richer it, 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 it's 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 almost unavoidable it's almost unavoidable a year and a half from Melandria, thank you so much so I don't know what the solution is I'm jealous and the reason I'm jealous is we don't have that in PvE I want a season-long PvE grind. Let me do something with Zavala. Let me do something with Ikora. Or maybe maybe every season there's a planet, right? There's a planet that if you grind the frick out of that planet and it strikes, you increase your rank on that planet. And if you do it by the end of the season, there's some stupid, sick, awesome gun that looks like the planet or person of origin. And that's your loot pursuit for that season, like Aluna's Howl. And maybe stagger it. Maybe have a broadsword and then Aluna's Howl and then a not forgotten right stagger it so like all right i got this first gun this gun's on titan now i'm going to this next place to get this next thing right toil and trouble's a god roll that's yeah that's true eugene we do have the, the, the toil and trouble god roll from from zavala that's true we could use we could always use them we could always use more i guess is what i'm saying pvp's got three i guess pvp PvP has three, and I guess PvE kind of has three. We have the Malfeasance, the Thousand Voices, and the Toil and Trouble. They're not linked to each other. They're not gated in the same way, but the PvE equivalent is... It's there, but... We we could always have more, is what I'm saying. We could always have more. Uh, Fuhrer Von Zephyr. How about taking and dropping the Masterwork cost if you're infusing weapons of the same class? We already had this question... Uh, it's a decent idea, but I don't think it gets at the core illogical problem. Uh, Alpha Bull says, what's the best way to grind for exotics? 
Uh, just make sure you always have a uh, bright paragon active, and that's about it. There's not much else you can do to increase exotic drop rate. Uh, if you have that running, um, that'll help you have, I believe that, that, that fire team medallion from what people have been saying increases your chances of exotics. That's about all you can do. There's no more three of coins. There's nothing you can do from Xur, uh, and drop rate propensity is going to favor, um, it's going to favor newer exotics after October 30th. JD Gamer, do you think Masterwork Cores should just be removed with Infusion? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at a ground level, I think that's the solution. And again, I think it'd be better look at the look at the core community. Look at the, look at the community at large, the majority. Don't look at me. Don't look at my inventory. My inventory is an outlier. I'm way outside the bell curve. I have 4,000 legendary shards, and because of the level of legendary shards that I have and materials that I have from farming, I never need to really worry about glimmer or legendary shards. Look at look at the community at large. What's their average, you know, economic standing, and how does that pain point land on them? And then adjust the cost of infusion accordingly to be costly. Because I agree with that sentimentality. I just disagree with the execution. I think we all agree that infusion shouldn't be as simple as pushing a button. It should be somewhat costly. We disagree on the uh, the implementation of how that is achieved. Rogue Calypso says, Do you think they will increase the amount of cores it takes to masterwork since they're making cores more accessible? That's a possibility, Rogue Calypso, and if they make that pivot, then I'm right. Right? If they make that pivot, then everything I said in my video, I'm right that they're tipping the scales too sharply and making masterwork easier than originally intended. So if they make masterworking more costly because of the accessibility of uncommon cores, then that'll prove me right. If they pivot back the other way and say, well, we're actually going to make masterwork cores um, uh, their own economy again, and uncommon cores are going to exist purely for um, purely for infusion, then I'm right as well. Any pivot away from making masterwork cores too easy to get for mastery, any pivot away from that is going to prove my point that you make them too accessible and the mastery of gear becomes becomes too easy. Becomes too easy. So, uh, JP Feisty. Another one, sorry. My only problem with D2 at the moment is Crucible and the meta. You either play the meta and have no fun because you can't use your favorite guns or you use your favorite guns and you get absolutely destroyed. How could Bungie change the meta more often or create a balanced game where everything is good? Um, okay. So I actually think a lot of the, the frustrations in Crucible come from the fact that the Crucible is confused. And here's what I mean. You have a couple of things that are causing frustration in the Crucible, and some of them are addressable, and some of them are not addressable, okay? Here's what's not addressable. Bungie built maps and a meta and a double primary system that favored holding hands and team shotting to the point of infuriating, like, levels. Like, just was not fun to play against. And right now, 
if you get on the right maps that favor lane watching, that favor, you know, the hand-holding, and using pulses, it's very difficult to play against, and it's very difficult to, like, flank on some of these maps. They just, they don't favor that, right? So the player habits are not really controllable. We literally spent 12 months learning that this map, if you stand here with your buds, it's almost impossible for anybody to push through that doorway. And now it's even more impossible because the guns are more lethal and they kill faster. So you've that's not really controllable. You can't control you can't control players' habits like that. You can't well, well, stop playing that way. Why? It works. I don't fault the players whenever I talk about this, by the way. Why should a player be like like as this question poses why should you not do what's working you know why should you not do what's working well on control yeah if you sit here and you look at these doorways I mean you basically trap them and they got to come through such long approaches radar reach is very favorable yeah just look at these look at these lanes here there's no verticality on the maps this is where now I'm going to step into things that are controllable I think map design is one of the leading causes of frustration in a lot of these environments because there's no verticality which limits uh, which just really really limits engagement options when you can push from a variety of locations you have way more at your disposal with respect to like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna push these guys I'm gonna try and take them by surprise I'm gonna go up high the minute you go up high and they're not expecting it they have to pivot their aim which causes delay in their reflex time which gives you a window of opportunity that you don't have in map designs where you have to go through a door or a really really long lane You're kind of set up to fail on a lot of the maps like, okay, I'll give you an example. The other day I was playing and I was working on the Ace of Spades quest because I wanted to get a 600 Ace of Spades, right? Easy, easy 600 gun if you're at like 598, you know, do the Ace of Spades quest, okay? Well, you got to get headshot kills, which means you need to get in shootouts. You need to get in gunfights, okay? First map, atrocious. Couldn't get anything going. So frustrating. Second map, a 3.5 efficiency and like like 30 or 28 or something opponents defeated like really really impressive stats next game 20 something opponents defeated in a 2.5 efficiency okay very very next map doesn't favor gunfights favors corniness favors just watching watching lanes sitting on power ammo sliding with shotguns and I get like a 1 and I can't get anything going or I go negative right my experience is swinging all over the place why the maps the map like some maps just really really favored i even got on one map and said i was like oh we're gonna i'm gonna get in a lot of gunfights here Th- this is gonna be a good map for gunfights it's it's really really difficult to just hold hands here it's too narrow it's too tight uh and there's a lot of flanking options there's a lot of surprise attacks you can do they're like there's multiple doors there's multiple entry points uh to the established positions um it's the map where like it's just like a big circle like there's like the rooms and there's control and stuff uh, usually it's control 13 months from Jay Sailor says glad you're feeling better keep up the good streams thank you very much so I think that's something that Bungie can look at I think if Bungie looks at the maps it wouldn't be hard for them to see okay these maps are trending toward D2 year 1 meta here's all the hot spots here's the amount of player movement here's the amount of times players are killed in a, in a team shot sort of unavoidable situation 
let's change these maps up a bit. Let's add some verticality. Let's add some different approaches. Let's add different lanes or whatever. You, you can do things, I think, to the maps to bust up some of that entrenched behavior. And then people that play D2 year one would figure out really quickly, oh, well, holy frick, this isn't working. We're getting trounced. These guys are flying around the map. They're pushing us. They're coming through that door. They're coming through that room up there. They're, you know, they're flying over the top of that wall and taking us by surprise with grenades. You know what I'm saying? You destabilize that year one mentality. I think that would help significantly. Because I'll be honest, when I have a good game, I die to a variety of things. I die to... Uh power ammo shotguns i get in gunfights uh i get team shot sometimes um and i think that that would help a little bit i think looking at how radar performs could could continue to be something that they look at um i think that i think radar reach hurt some of the maps um now outside of that scout rifles if you make those a little bit more viable that would help on some of the snipey maps uh, I don't know about anti-shotgun guns. I think sometimes the best anti-shotgun is a shotgun and also just staying away from choke point. I was having a really hard time on Bannerfall. I kept getting, you know, people sliding a corner and shotgunning me. And I started to place myself into mid-range locations that were drawn back away from the doors. And then those shotgun dummies would hit that door and I'd be too far away. Bam, bam, two nice headshots. They're Dundee. They're Dundee. As soon as they try to close space, they're dead. And since they're running forward, they don't have an audible. They can't backtrack. They can't strafe out of the way. Um, so, how often do you see people sniping? There's only a few maps where I really, really see sniping as being a prevalent, uh, as being a prevalent presence. I wouldn't even say sniping is a problem, honestly. I kind of threw that out there just thinking there might be maps that it's it's a problem on but there probably really isn't any maps where sniping is a huge frustration there's that one map that came back that like it's on it's on nessus and it used to be on venus where there's the waterfall you can jump through and there's the big huge open area out front i think some of those lanes and some of those sight lines could be frustrating against some really really patient uh campy snipers but given given the lethality of pulses I, I don't think it's I don't think it's probably a major point of frustration again I think the point of frustration is that the the meta shifts with the maps and some maps just feel really good and saucy you're flying around you're getting in gunfights you know you're 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 getting in you're getting in gunfights that are winnable like win your ones right you're not just constantly getting team shot and then other maps like i feel like literally every single time i see somebody they can they just either run or their buddies right there with them i mean dude if you get shot by two pulse rifles it's a it's it's a short trip to the to the grave it's a very short trip to the grave Pulse rifles kill so fast on their own. Getting shot by two pulse rifles. If you enter a lane with two people that are just waiting for you with a pulse and they both shoot you, you're instantly absolute. You can't leave the lane fast enough to not die. They they both just rip off those shots. They each just need to hit you once. I mean, you're freaking abso. You're done. So... 
And there's nothing wrong with that, but there are maps that really, really favor that. And I think verticality, flanking options, and approach options could bust some of that up. Gosh. Um, Taco Quota. You have touched on this. uh, You may have touched on this, I'm not sure. But why not separate mass working and infusion again? Make infusion cores drop more often as planned, possibly one guaranteed. Or when you legendary dismantle, then keep mass work cores at current drop rates and make mass working meaningful. Uh, Right. That's been my point. That's been one of my major points. Is that I feel like people got very caught up in defending their idea and their idea and their contribution to the conversation was infusion should be costly, right? And their defense of that idea, it's fine. Everybody does that. Everybody has their idyllic version of destiny in their mind and they're going to argue for it. There's nothing wrong with defending that idea. I think you can defend that idea in different forms as this question gets at. You can defend the idea of having infusion be costly and it can come in different forms and separating the two is one of my main points of my talk and that's why I made such a strong point about masterwork and infusion being so different in their thematic presence and their rhythmic presence in the game. I I was a huge that was a huge portion of my video. And I think that's why I'm not arguing for my bias or my preference. I'm arguing for what I think is better for the game to live in harmony with itself and not be dissonant. It just feels dissonant and illogical, and this question kind of gets at it. It's like, why are the two linked to each other? It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. Um, And I I, I, I think to a certain extent, the game lends itself to what we're saying. The game lends itself to what we're saying. NPCs have their own tokens, their own economy, their own grind, their own bounty, right? You take something and you kind of encase it and you create this little microcosmic economy and then you can have that pursuit if you want. This is why I would love to see a raid NPC, right? It creates this microcosmic economy, like this smaller economy of like grind the raid, raise your rank, get cool stuff, right? It's its own little thing. And they, they touched on this with the Leviathan and and uh and and benedict and his tokens but they didn't go far enough they just didn't go far enough with it so digital concepts just curious do you think the 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 blow of the including masterwork cores and infusion could have been softened by having an infusion also increase your masterwork level so as you're leveling you'll be masterworking your armor and weapons as well seems like a better way to allow folks to invest particular armor piece in a weapon that they really like I wonder if you're, um, if, if in, I like this idea, but then I immediately recoil a little bit. And I wonder if you're going to rob Peter to pay Paul. And let me explain what I mean. You're going to kind of do what I've already been driving at. You would make masterworking, uh, happen faster and having that happen faster, I think is a detriment to the intended sort of end game grind of masterworking. The, the, the end game masterwork grind is supposed to be a capstone investment into gear where you take the gear to its highest point and what you're saying I mean the amount of times you would infuse an item by the time it gets to, to max level it would already be infused so you're taking the intention of masterwork and you're kind of removing it and you're saying yeah I mean once you hit max level all your stuff would be masterwork 
Like, you get a, like, think about it like this. You get a nice hand cannon or you get a nice pair of gauntlets. I'll give an example right now. These tangled web gauntlets have momentum transfer, causing damage with your grenade, reduces melee cooldown, and heavy ammo finder, and they have either resilience or restoration. They're fantastic, and I've had them for a while, okay? So they've been infused a lot. They've been infused a lot. They're 600, but masterworking's level 2. So if by the time I hit max level, a huge portion of my gear is already masterworked, you've kind of created the problem that I've been wanting to avoid, which is masterworking, the mastery of an item, the capstone of an item, has become really easy. And because it's become really easy, you've chopped off a piece of the game that's supposed to be the true longevity of investment, right? Now that I've got the rolls on my guns that I want, now that i got the rolls on my armor that I want, now it's time to start investing in the masterwork and the mastery of the items. Now it's time to capstone everything. Um, you, would, you would take that presence right out of the game if you did this. I like this idea in principles, like, oh, that's not too bad. You're using masterwork cores. It's going to raise the masterwork, you know, uh, level of the item. But then you would get to the end of leveling and you basically wouldn't need to masterwork almost anything. Uh, T-Funk. In House of Wolves, there was an item that needed to bump a 27 level item to a level 30. And it was only available through tougher things. Uh, this, I think you're talking about Ascension. Wasn't that, uh, I forget the name of the, I forget the name of that stuff. It was called, um, oh man, somebody's going to put it in chat. I'm going to be so mad. I can't remember it. Etheric light. Was it etheric light that you needed to ascend things? I think that's what it was. And etheric light only dropped from certain activities. Um, thoughts if Bungie brought this idea back because I feel like that's where we're walking down the same street. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in a similar spot here. We're in a similar spot where you... Yep, there it is. Everybody's putting etheric light in chat. I'm glad I remembered it without being told. I love... It's nothing worse than not remembering something and then someone puts it in chat and you're like, oh, it was right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, so... And for those asking in chat, and if you're watching this on you know YouTube or you're listening, I'm grinding the Nightfall for the Warden's Law hand cannon. I want one with Outlaw, and I've gotten two to drop. Uh, it's one of the new items you can grind uh, grind for. So I I honestly think what T Funk's asking here would would happen if they just separated it. If uncommon cores became accessible through bounties and activities for infusion, and masterwork cores stayed where they are, you would literally achieve what what we had with Etheric Light. A rare item can only be obtained from certain places, tough to get, and it's used for the the capstoning of an item. It's used for the you know the bolstering of an item. It's this gun's finished. This gun's you know done or whatever. I think, I think that's kind of where we're headed if they split it anyway. Alex Gaming with the final question. What do you think about Xur not having Forsaken Exotics? I love it. I don't think he should sell them. Uh, I think him selling Year 1 Exotics is exciting because you can go for the role that you want. Like, whenever he sells... Um, whenever he sells the... What is it? The Ophidius Faith chess piece for the Hunter or Orpheus Rigs. I'm always going to go check for the role that I want since there's no glass needles in the game. Uh, also, also, something that I really would love to see them do with Xur is have him have 
uh, a three-tiered process of maybe getting exotics, right? Dang it, an edge transit. See that purple and I get excited every time. Uh, you could have the ex- you could have a bounty and the bounty gives you the frame of the gun. And then you could have a quest that he sells the next week and the quest gives you the gun. And then he could have a mystery, right? So bounty, quest, mystery. And the mystery is a clue like drip feed piece of content that leads to the masterworking of the exotic. You get the frame, then you get the gun, then you get the masterwork. It could take like a month for you to get this, right? And it's something that's costly and you buy from Xur. I would be 100% okay with him doing that. Because all along the way, that, that, that item could drop for you and be like, I'm done. Or you could be like, I got this chess piece, but I freaking hate this chess piece rolls. I'm going to finish this quest line and try and get a better roll. Um, the edge transit with the right rolls is really solid. Yeah, I've already got a god roll. So I like that he doesn't sell them. I think they could implement some of these ideas so you could have intentional exotic pursuits that are lengthy, challenging, and then still along the way have the chance of them dropping. But if I could be like, man, I really want the Blades of Galanor, whatever the gauntlets are called for the hunter. I could do the bounty and get the frame, and then I could do the quest and get the and get the chest piece. That takes two weeks for me to do, right? And then if there's a masterwork part of it, that's the mystery. He gives me like a puzzle to solve or something. And that takes, you know, three weeks to a month to achieve. I don't think that's that's a bad turnover rate. It's costly, it's a time investment, it's a pursuit, it's something you have to you dedicate your time to. And it, and it takes a while. Some, I don't think arguing that like that level of intentionality for exotics is bad. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, a heck of an investment. That's a, that's a couple of weeks just to get the gun and then to really, really capstone it and finish it or the chess piece or whatever. Um, you know, it's not like he's dropping them like candy. Like that's the problem with him selling them. You're like, Oh sweet. I've been wanting this chess piece for a while. Bought it done. You know, so, at the end of the day, exotic should be rare, but I think giving people intentionality towards getting them is okay, as long as it's done in the right way. Um, but I think there's always room for those exotics that just can't be obtained through a quest line. You just gotta wait for it to drop. It'd be cool if there was places that they were more prone to drop, so you could at least have at least intentionality of, of, of investment, Right? It's one thing to say, oh, you buy this thing from Xur, and after a couple of weeks, you'll have the item. I would at least like to know, like, what if the Blades of Galanor had a really, really high drop rate in this Nightfall? What if it had a high drop rate in the in the Warden of Nothing's Nightfall, right? Well, that gives me intentionality, but it's not a guarantee after a certain amount of time like a quest is. Quest is just a matter of doing the quest, right? Getting an ace of spades or a chaperone is just a matter of time, right? And there's nothing wrong with having questline exotics like that, but I think there's room for the, oh my gosh, I finally got it to drop, right? There's room for that. But knowing where it is is exciting, right? The Thousand Voices is a perfect example of that. Everyone knows where the Thousand Voices drop, and that's why running raids is so exciting when you open up those final chests. 
If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash Rage. If you're watching the stream right now, I'm going to continue streaming. We can continue discussing this. You guys can continue to submit questions and ideas and thoughts in chat. We have long, long discussions here, so stick around. Don't go anywhere, but I am going to end this segment and do a little capstone here for the podcast. As always, guys, I appreciate you watching or listening to my content. Please like, share, and subscribe.